You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. Hey, Life Tree, and welcome to Sundays at Home. I'm Pastor Dan, and uh, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, I don't know about you, but lately uh, I've been, I've made some decisions. I've just continued to adapt and uh, think about, you know, what my routine needs to be, and uh, I've turned off. Uh, a lot of my social media and stuff, I just can't take it anymore. Um, it's, uh, I think it's a coping mechanism. I don't know about you, but I've just been uh, overwhelmed with it. And so I just said, all right, that's it. I can't. I, and it was, it's been really nice. It's been really nice not hearing about all the problems. Um, I think it's just a straight-up coping mechanism uh, to, to make sure things go away. Um, it feels like we're surrounded by problems right now, and it's partially true. Uh, there's a lot going on, but there's a lot of good going on as well. In our family, this has been the birthday season uh, all of our kids are born within about a three or four week span, uh, several years apart. <laughs> but uh, this is birthday season for us, also for our church staff. Uh, uh, Pastor Kerry, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Andre, and myself all had birthdays within uh, seven days of each other. Again, different years. Uh, Pastor Dre and I had the same year, but that's irrelevant. Either way, um, there's just a lot of good going on. You know, we're celebrating those things and just trying to celebrate the days and things that are, that are good. Um, I think one of the problems, though, is that in, in my quest to preserve sanity, uh, to see good, it's very easy to start to really enjoy tuning out problems, to be like, it's just nice not hearing about people's problems. It's really nice not, uh, not hearing anymore, and it's something we've talked about in the past. It's called compassion fatigue. Uh, to a burden for something, that word burden, what it really means is to carry a heavy load. Uh, to carry it for, for someone else. And uh, we can do that for a time, but it, it gets heavier over time. I think we're at that phase of walking through this pandemic and things that we're, we're going through right now that we might be experiencing or fully into compassion fatigue or we're just overwhelmed with the problems and it's just easier to tune it out. It's like, man, it's just really nice just to turn it off. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't feel like dealing with it. I'm done. I'm, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind. And, you know, life's much more peaceful when I... Uh, just tune out the noise. And I think that's, a, again, a coping mechanism. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, the only way we get through sometimes. But we can get overburdened very easily. Life is just busy. There's a lot going on. And a burden, if it's not relieved, if we're just carrying a heavy thing for a long time, it can be crushing. You know, if we, if we carry a burden, if, you, if you've had something that you've carried for any length of time, you know that it can be crippling. Over time, you just, it actually starts to, you start to become deformed, like how you walk, how you, you carry it with you wherever you go, and it just begins to define you and to shape you, um, and not in a good way. Uh, burdens that are unrelieved can, can harden our hearts. We can just, just can't deal anymore, can't deal with it. I just don't want to deal with it, and we, we check out. Um, ultimately, and tragically, I think, for followers of Jesus, when we get overburdened, when there's too much of a burden without relief, without relief, what we begin to do is we begin to just become blind and deaf to the problems. We, we, we just don't look anymore. We stop looking for them. We stop listening for them because uh, we just can't. We just can't deal with it. Uh, I think like unrelieved burdens are kind of like swimming in the ocean and somebody ties an anchor to your, to your feet. And I mean, you can tread water maybe for a, a few moments, but you're going down. You're going down. Over time, we just can't carry that kind of weight. And the, and, and the truth is we were never meant to. Um, it doesn't mean we were never meant to be burdened. B, 
be clear, but we were never meant to be drowning in burdens. Um, I think the problem really is we just don't know what to do with burdens sometimes. Things come at us, and in the moment we're like, okay, I got this, I'm going to care. And then after a while, the fatigue sets in, and we're like, I just can't carry this forever. I don't know what to do. There's no relief. And today I want to talk about how do we handle that when we feel like there's no relief? How do we handle a burden without relief? Um, And I I want to look at the story of Nehemiah. It's one of my favorite stories in the scriptures. I invite you, if you have a Bible, to turn there. Uh, It's just one of my just all-time favorite stories in Scripture. There's so much in here. I could preach on this for a year. There's a lot of good stuff. And I think it gives us critical insight into what we need to do with our burdens. Uh, in the context here of just Nehemiah, just so you know what's going on in history at the time that this story is taking place, the nation of Israel uh, was God's chosen people, and he had a covenant with them. He said, if, if, if you will follow these commands that I give you, I'll be your God. I'll protect you. I'll provide for you. You'll thrive. You'll do well. But if you, if you refuse to do this, then you're on your own. And the people of Israel continued to be rebellious throughout the years, stubborn. And this is sort of the story of, of the history of Israel uh, in their relationship with God. And, and they wandered away from him. And so God allowed them to be conquered. Their capital city, Jerusalem, is in ruins. The people have been exiled. And at, at, the, at the time of Nehemiah, people had started to kind of begin to migrate back a little bit as, uh, as they were allowed and, and enabled by different kings to kind of come back, but the city is still very much in ruins. They've rebuilt the temple at this time, and uh, maybe a couple of homes, thing, things like that, but for the most part, it was a shadow of its former self. The Persian Empire is in rule here, um, and so Nehemiah is one of those Jewish uh, Israelites. He, he's in the king's palace. We find out that he was the cupbearer to the king, a cupbearer is someone who would, who would drink uh, whatever the king was going to get served first to make sure there wasn't poison in it. Great job. Uh, he got to live in the palace, so there were some perks to it, but it was every day you never knew you know, if this was going to be the end. And Nehemiah tells us his story. And so we're going to read Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th century of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews, who had returned there from captivity, about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. I'm just going to stop there for a moment. I want to ask you this question. When was the last time that you cried because of what was happening to someone else. Just think about that. When was the last time that you cried because of something that was happening to somebody else? Nehemiah had plenty of his own problems. Uh, he's uh, drinking, perhaps poison, every single day. I mean, there's got to be some stress and anxiety of that kind of a job. Wondering, sniffing, smelling, just wondering if today is going to be the day. He's in exile, so he's not with his people. He's a, he's, in a, he's a captive. Uh, he's treated well, probably, in the palace, but still, this is not home. He's got his own problems, and yet his heart was filled with concern for others. I want to take a, another step back here in just a moment and ask you, if, if Nehemiah felt this way, what do you think God felt for those people? There's no chance that Nehemiah was more compassionate than God, that he cared more than God. And so I think the, the one thing I just want to first off 
just draw out from this is that God is the giver of burdens. God is the one who gives us that, that concern, that compassion, that care for others. Um, if any of us care for someone, God cares more. The origin of your care and your concern, it, it comes from God. None of us are more compassionate or more caring uh, or, or more aware than God. He cares more than all of us. And, and what he does is he takes that care and concern, he passes it on to us. So isn't that thoughtful? Isn't that great? <laughs> the burdens that you carry, the burdens that you have, they come from God. So here's Nehemiah in exile, drinking what could be poisonous every day, and God adds to it the burden of his people. Thanks for that, God. Awesome. So great. I mean, how many of us right now, you know, you can't even, as the kids would say, right? You're so maxed out with your own stuff that you don't have room for God to add any more to it. I don't know if you're feeling that way, but again, I turned off Facebook. Right? And, then, and then we have Nehemiah. Like if I, if I was Nehemiah, I'd be saying things like, well, you know, the people in Jerusalem, well, at least they're free. Here I am. You know, they're not drinking poison. Um, they should have obeyed God probably in the first place, and they wouldn't be in the situation they're in. So, you know, they kind of deserve their own their, their mess. Um, and really, I mean, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in, you know, the palace over here. What could I possibly do, you know, here? So, you know, mm, stinks for them. You know, but he doesn't say that. He doesn't say that at all, which is why Nehemiah has a book in the Bible named after him, which is why God included this story in the scriptures for us, because there's something here that's different about Nehemiah than me, than perhaps a lot of us, that we need to pay attention to, we need to learn from, we need to soak in. And here's, here's, here's what it is. Nehemiah had room in his heart for God to add burdens to it. Uh, I, I don't know if this is a real word or not, but he was burdenable. He was able to be burdened. And, and the question is just how? How did Nehemiah, who had his own problems, right, good but bad, he had all this, how did he have room for God to add burdens to him? What did he do that enabled God to add this concern for others to him when I can't even handle Facebook? Nehemiah understood this thing. Not only was God the giver of burdens, but he was also the reliever of all burdens. God doesn't give burdens to anyone to drown them. He gives us them so that he can relieve them. And you say, well, why would God do it in the first place? Why would God give a burden if he's going to just relieve that burden in a little bit? Why would he do that? Why would God go back and forth like that? And it's here. This is the reason. It's because in between giving and relieving, in between that space, what God does in us he relieves us. But what God, while God is doing that in us, he is relieving the burdens of others. So God gives us a burden with the promise that he's going to relieve it. And along the way, he actually relieves the suffering of others. There were people suffering in Jerusalem for so many complicated reasons. And Nehemiah wasn't there to figure out if they were worthy or not. But God burdened Nehemiah with their problems. And he didn't do it just to drag him down. He had a plan to rescue and bring help to all those people and Nehemiah first had to be willing to receive that burden. See when God gives you a burden, he's going to relieve it. And it's not for it's not it's not just for fun because along the way he's going to relieve the suffering of other people. Nehemiah was in a strategic place. And you you listen, I may have complained about that job, you may have complained about that job. You may be looking for another job. Listen, is there a did I do anything else other than being the guy who's testing to see if there's poison in this? You know, you may have been looking for other options. God had him there for a reason. And I just want to say, pull this out just for a moment. 
I feel like I need to say this. God may have you where you are for a reason. You may feel like you're suffering. You may feel like you don't, that you're just, you want to get out. You hate where you are. God doesn't waste your pain. Please hear this. He doesn't waste your pain. If he wants to move you, he can and he will. If he is not moving you and you're in pain, it's because he has a reason for you to be there. He, does not, he doesn't waste an ounce of it. And you just need to keep your eyes open for whatever God might be doing in and through you based on where you are. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. right? And it, he was he's just, what am I here to do? But he was in proximity to the king, and God was going to use that. So I just want you to hear that today. God knows where you are. He's not wasting an ounce of your suffering. He's probably using it so that somehow along the way he can expose you to the burdens of others and use you to relieve their suffering as well. All that to say, God gave Nehemiah a burden. And it's what Nehemiah did with it that we really need to learn from today. And here's what it is. Verse 4, it says, When I heard this, when I, Nehemiah's reading, it says, when I, when, I, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, I fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. So let's just break that down first. First, he mourned. He mourned. He let his emotions have a moment. He let it out. Listen, God can handle your emotions. It's part of our grieving process. It's part of when you get a burden, it hurts. It's, it's heavy. It's painful. It weighs on us. We need to grieve that. We need to let those emotions have their day, have their time. There's a season to cry. There's a season to, to wrestle, to be emotional about it. Let it out. Let God do that in you. It's not like, hey, God put a burden on me. This is great. Don't pretend. It, it's awful. It's rough. It's hard. Express that. Nehemiah, the first thing he did was he mourned for days. It's okay to go through seasons where we grieve what the injustice that we see around us, the pain, the suffering that we... It's okay to have that emotions. But he didn't let it stay there. He mourned first and then says he fasted. And fasting is interesting. It's He willingly sacrificed his own food because people in a different city... We're suffering. What good is that actually going to do them? It wouldn't do good for those people at all. It wasn't anything about the people in Jerusalem. Fasting didn't help them. But what fasting did, it was Nehemiah saying, I'm understanding that it's going to cost me. It's going to cost me if I'm going to do something about this. And I'm going to start with, with one thing. I'm just going to, fasting is, it's throughout scripture. Jesus tells us to fast is when you fast, not if, when you should fast regularly. You don't tell people. You can read up on fasting. It's ways that we give up food, food for a season, just a short time. Again, it's a step in the process. It's not fasting forever. That's not, it's not, don't do that. Doctors will tell you. That's not wise. But there's something symbolic when we fast that we're saying, God, I'm going to trust that as I sacrifice, you will sustain me. But I also acknowledge, God, that you're going to have to get involved here. I'm going, to, and I'm, I'm going to have to be willing to give up things of my own in order for you to work here. I'm going to, it's going to cost me a little bit. And so I'm going to ask you today, you know, when God burdens you, the next question, you need, what is God asking you to lay down? What are you willing to pay to relieve the suffering of someone else? Nehemiah is, is going to have to leave his, or, or even risk perhaps asking something before a king that could end his own life, that could jeopardize his own comfort. He's going to have to lay that down for the sake of relieving this burden. 
being a person who changes things comes at a cost. If it didn't come at a cost, can I just tell you very simply, somebody else would have done it. If God, God doesn't burden you for things that are easily taken care of by anybody. He burdens you for things that are going to cost you. But they're going to be worth it. They're going to make change. They're going to bring relief to suffering for other people. It's going to matter. So he mourned, he fasted, and then the third thing he did, he prayed. And his prayer, very simply, we pick it up in verse 5, it says this, Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying day and night for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. I think it's interesting here just to note that Nehemiah leads with, with confession. With confession because there's something in confession that just gets all our cards out on the table. Says, God, I'm going to be honest with you. right? I don't really care about that. I haven't done what I haven't kept my heart open to these people. I, I there are things in my life I need to confess, and he confesses it. And he moves on, verse 7. He says, We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Remember, Old Covenant, verse 8. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. And that's what had happened. But, and here's where he wants to remind God and, and sort of declare it, but if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. And he says, O oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. See, in praying here, this prayer acknowledged that relief would only come from God, but that God promises relief. It was a declaration, God, I will receive this burden because I know that you promised that if I will come to you, if I will be responsive to you, you will relieve this burden. You will end suffering. You will rescue. You will save. It's what you promised you're going to do, God, and it only comes from you. We can't relieve burdens on our own. We need God to get involved. And he prayed. And let me just tell you, prayer, he didn't just pray generally, like, God, oh, would you help? He prayed specific prayers. He prayed confession. He was honest. He stated reality. And he was very specific, very specific. He asked for favor from the king so that he could do something about it. When you have a burden, get specific. Mourn, fast, Get specific about it. Get on your knees and pray like you mean it. And use your mind. Think, what are you wanting to ask God? If Jesus was standing and saying, what do you want me to do for you? Have that kind of clarity. What would you want to ask God? I just want to remind us as we close here. God doesn't burden us to crush us. He burdens us on behalf of others to show them his love for them through us. And that he loves us by relieving the burden that he puts us. And we get to see the goodness of God. See, when God burdens us and then relieves us by solving and relieving the burdens of others, we get to see the goodness of God. And it's awesome. It's awesome to be, be part of that. And it's so tempting right now to say, I don't even have room for God to burden me anymore. And I'm telling you, the only way forward, the only way through is to allow God to burden us more. As the church, Jesus promised us, come to me, all of you 
who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and the burden I give you is light. If you're carrying a heavy burden, you're carrying too much, and you've yet to lay it down at the feet of God. He says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. If what you're carrying is heavy, you're carrying it on your own. There's no way around it. God doesn't burden us with things that are too heavy for us because he says, I will carry it for you. So you need to lay it down, and we do that by mourning, by expressing it, by fasting, saying, God, I'm willing to, I'm willing to sacrifice here, and by coming to God in prayer and saying, God, do something here. Be specific. Let God engage you in that. As a church, as followers of Jesus, we ought to be the most burdenable people on earth because we know that God's going to relieve it. And we know that along the way, other people are going to be blessed. You see behind me the something new sign there. I just can't escape what God spoke to us about this year. Isaiah 43, 19 says, I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'm going to make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And listen to this. The wild animals in the field will thank me. The jackals and the owls, too, for giving them water in the desert. When you allow God to burden you to walk into that something new, others in the area are blessed so much that they give God glory. They thank God. The animals, the wild animals, the people that wasn't in, God's going to burden you. He's going to relieve it in you. And along the way, those that you're burdened for are going to be blessed. Something new. I'm just, it's just blowing my mind how God is continuing to reveal this story to us. I want to close with communion today. And I want to invite you, hopefully you've prepared. Uh, I just need a, a piece of bread or something and, and a cup. And if you're, if you're unfamiliar with what communion means to us, communion is a symbolic act that we do regularly. It's a, it's a reminder to us of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that he died for us, he gave his life for us, that he forgave us. And I just, I just think it's, it's an important time for us right now where you are. I just want to encourage you. Would you just take a moment as we, as we go into this? I'm just going to pray. Would you just take a moment to confess? God, perhaps my heart's been hard. God, I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I've been, Lord I'm having fatigue here. And compassion fatigue. I just, I'm, I'm being overburdened. And God, I'm carrying more than I should. And God, I, I just, I need to let go and hand it to you today, Lord. Lord, I want to invite you to burden me more. And I can't do that if I'm overburdened already. So God, I bring to you those burdens. I lay them down. And God, we understand that you came to lighten our load. God, that's why you gave your life for us. Jesus, that's what you did for us. You gave your life because you cared about our suffering. You allowed yourself to be burdened for us. As we reflect on what you've done for us, God, will we be willing to carry the burdens for others? The bread and the, the juice are symbolic for us. The bread represents the body of Christ and the, the cup represents his blood. So I invite everybody just to, to take that bread wherever you are right now. Would you just hold it and let's just take a moment and pray. God, we pray over this bread. Lord, you sacrificed for us. May we be willing to sacrifice for others. Lord, your body was broken for us. Lord, would we be willing to give whatever it takes to relieve the burdens of others? Use us today. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. Let's eat together.
and the cup represents his blood. I encourage you to, to hold your cup today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this cup. It represents your blood, that you've forgiven us, or that you've washed away our sins, that you have erased our eternal suffering. You've given us hope. Lord, the weight of sin, Lord, that weight is gone. We no longer carry the sins of yesterday, of our past. Today is a brand new day, and you give us grace in it. Lord, help us to bring relief to a world drowning under the weight of sin and shame. Lord, allow us to pass on this message. Use us, Lord, as we remember this. Would you use us to be moved with compassion to care for others? Lord, a world that so desperately needs relief. May we bring it and introduce it and declare it in this day. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's drink. Love you, church. Thank you so much for joining in today. I want to encourage you. We're going to close here in just a moment with a song. Would you just allow God to continue as we sing to work in your heart and to speak to you today? God bless you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.